You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hi there and welcome to season 13. It's episode 537. I'm once again your only host for the evening, David Alt. Jack Ward is still struggling in getting his R24 Zoom mixer back from the shop, and since it's driving him nearly certifiable, we thought the best way to help empathize or emphasize this was tonight's double feature from Darker Projects and MJ Cogburn. The concept of madness provides an endless source of creativity for writers. Society at once both looks at mental illness as a source of dire distress and at the same time light-hearted humour. Facing madness means asking one of the most terrifying questions of ourselves. How do we know we're the ones that are sane? In a world that's gone mad, maybe that's the only sane thing to do. So while we're in the midst of our own existential crises, let's have a listen to Darker Project's take. And it all begins right here on the Sonic Society. You're listening to Audio Theatre in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProject.com. And now our feature presentation. The following audio is explicit in nature and may contain adult themes, light sexual situations, violent content, or strong language. time when the end of the world was just the beginning of a nightmare. When the worst of us set the world to burn while the best of us cower in terror. Tonight's presentation, Madness, written by Andrew T.J. Rowe. It's been a week since everything fell apart. Seven days since I've slept through the night, since people were normal. Nothing makes sense now. Everything's gone to hell, and those of us that aren't them, maniacs, monsters, demons, well, we're just lost souls now, wandering aimlessly through the ruins of a world that the worst of us set to burn, while the best of us cowered in terror. No one knows how good their life really was then, before the screaming, before the running, before the... blood. Oh God, so much blood. Everything made sense then. We were all sane, and normal, and safe. What I wouldn't give to feel safe again. What I wouldn't do to be so secure in my own ignorance that I could sleep out, unprotected, under the stars. 
I think she's finally asleep. Oh, thank God! Can we turn this crap off now? Thank you. <laughs> so, Jared, you looking forward to three days with no diapers and no cartoons? No diapers, no <laughs> cartoons, no toilets, <laughs> no sex. Stop, you're going to make me wake Ellie. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm serious. The four of you against the wilderness. It sounds fun. Wilderness? You mean the lake that's ten miles from town? The one with a gas station and boat rentals within walking distance? Oh, come on. You know you love playing tough survival guy with your friends, right? <laughs> it's a nice tradition anyway. What is this? The fourth annual Kavi hangout? Yeah. I don't know. We've all just, you know, grown apart since it started. Uh, but that's what makes it so important. You know, nothing's gonna ever replace your high school friends, Jared. I know. But with you going back to work next week and Ellie being so little... Ellie is almost six months old. <laughs> I think I can handle a long weekend. You know the cell reception out there is crap. What if something happens while you're home alone? Ugh! Oh my god! You're just pretending to be worried so you can keep those four cases of nasty-ass, cheap beer to yourself, <laughs> aren't you? I mean, that it, that's bonus, sure. Ugh, I knew it! You are such an asshole. Are you sure you're okay with this? No, yeah, we'll be fine. Mom's coming over tomorrow. She's taking a shop in for baby clothes. Again? Didn't we just do that last month? Yeah, babies grow fast. <laughs> of course, sir. Uh, honey, if you want to come with us to the mall tomorrow, you know... Camping sounds like fun. I'm sure Mom wouldn't mind you tagging along. Okay, all right, okay, I'm going. <laughs> Shh, the baby. Melissa? She doesn't look, uh, you know, pregnant anymore. Yeah. That happens sometimes when a woman gives birth. I mean, she looks hot. I mean, like like high school hot. <laughs> Come on, Stephen. That's your friend's wife. Jeez. You better have beer, Carvey. If you want it, you're carrying it, Larson. Aw. <laughs> look how cute they are together. And you thought there'd be no sex. Ugh, cringe. Here they come. Will you pop the trunk, babe? <laughs> and there we were, all together. No walls, no guns, no fear. Just friends. Happy. Safe. And Melissa. Christ, how could I have let you drive away? Where are you? Where's Ellie? What have they done to you? What have you done? Oh, God. 
What have I done? Hey, Jared. You got your tent up? Just about. What's up? Steve got the fire going and Kevin's lighting the grill. I thought I'd take my truck up to the station and get some ice for the beers. You want to come with? Sure, just let me get this last steak in. There we go. Oh yeah, fit for a king. Hey, I wanted to say that I was sorry for not going down to Texas with you when your dad passed away. I wanted to, but... Hey, forget about it, man. You had a new baby. I get that. Still, I wish I could have been there for you. Nah, nothing to feel bad about. Just bad timing. Come on. Let's get going so we get back before the burgers are done. All right. I'll grab the cooler. Can I help you? Uh, give me two bags of ice. Hey, hey, look at the TV. I I think that's Sofer Airfield. Can you turn that up? I don't have a remote. Total is 427. Why don't you give your wife a call and see if she knows anything about it? I'll get the ice. Yeah, okay. Hey, no. I saw the airfield on the news at the gas station. Do you know what's going on? Yeah. Uh, I called Gary when I saw to see if they needed me to drop Ellie off at Mom's and come in. I guess some private plane had to make an emergency landing. One of the passengers freaked out. She stabbed a guy with a fork. Gary had to call the cops out. You aren't going up there, are you? Nah. Gary said it all happened really fast. The cops are already gone and they stowed the plane in one of the old hangars. He thinks it'll all blow over by Monday before I go back to work. To be honest, I'm kind of freaked out about you going back to work now. Aw, oh, come on. This was one in a million, babe. The most dangerous thing I've ever seen at the airfield is a flock of birds on the runway. Still, air traffic control is stressful. And the last thing we need is more stress. Safas isn't exactly lax. At most, I have to juggle two planes and a high-flying kite. Stop worrying. Enjoy your weekend, would you? All right. Just promise you'll call me if you need anything. I will. I love you. I love you, too. You really have to keep the ice locked up? I don't know, man. It's just some stupid rule. Whatever. Are you going to offer to help me out at least? It's okay. I got it. Unbelievable. You know, if you worked for me, I'd fire you on the spot, kid. Have a good day. You believe that little shit? Give him a break. He probably gets minimum wage for this job. My employees get minimum wage, too. I wouldn't stand for them treating customers like that. You talk to Melissa? Yeah, crazy stuff, man.
Kevin, man, I've been wondering how you keep that dive you own running, but I have to admit, those are some damn good burgers. Oh, hell, I, I didn't make the patties. Those were all Shannon's recipe. <laughs> I stand corrected. You'll be bankrupt by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> how is business at the restaurant? It's getting better. The economy's finally turning around, and I think we'll be out of the red in a couple of months. You should have gone into the liquor store with me. Times get tough, and people just started buying more cheap whiskey and vodka. Does someone want to remind me why I brought the beer when Chris literally owns a liquor store? Uh, because you're a sucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about you, Steve? How's the bachelor life treating you? I wouldn't know. All these new accounts the boss keeps piling on me? Hell, I haven't even had a date in six months. Ooh, dry spell for Casanova. Maybe that's a good thing. I sometimes wish I would have focused more on my career before Melissa and I settled down. Yeah, whatever, dude. No, I'm serious. Between the house and the new baby, I'm looking at debt for the next 30 years. A family is expensive. It's good that you're getting ahead in your job before you start one. You mean if he starts one? Yeah, well, I guess luck's in the eye of the beholder. Also, fuck you, Chris. I mean, you aren't exactly drowning in family life yourself. I'll drink to that, Kevin. Toss me another beer. Seriously, Jared? You're a lucky man. Don't ever take that for granted. Thanks. What about you, Kevin? Any progress on the baby front? Nah. Shannon had to stop the treatments when the business started falling off last year. That hormone shit's expensive. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. That's yeah, probably a good thing. I don't know what we would have done if we'd had a baby when the bills started piling up. But we're thinking about starting over with the clinics next fall, if the restaurant does well over the summer. You guys have a liquor license, right? Yeah. I got this new microbrew in last week. Local stuff. It's really good. When the college kids come home for the summer, I guarantee they'll go nuts for it. I'll set you up with the brewery, call in some fares. I bet I can get you a nice discount on the supply. Thanks, Chris. That's a great idea. Just don't let your place become one of those hipster kombucha shitholes, or I'll burn it down myself. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I'm going to bed. Dude, it's like only 10 o'clock. Six months of 3 a.m. feedings train you to turn in early. Yeah, I had a 6 o'clock meeting this morning. I'm exhausted. Aw, oh, come on. Kevin? Do you want me to help you put out the fire? God damn it. Fine. But you guys are making up for this tomorrow night with ghost stories and marshmallows. I woke up in a cold sweat, like I'd had a nightmare that I couldn't remember. Something was wrong. Something was so wrong that I could feel the hair on the back of my neck standing on end. Looming terror threatened to crush me under an immense, undefinable weight. I had to call Melissa. I had to know that she, that Ellie, were okay. That they hadn't... something. I didn't even know yet. I fished my phone out of my backpack, my hands shaking with fear, and I felt an immense relief when the light from the screen washed over me. But that relief crumpled when I saw the no-service icon flashing in the upper right corner of the home screen. I tried anyway, desperately scrolling through my contact list until I found home, and I pushed hard enough that the screen distorted for a moment. I pressed the phone to my ear in time to hear the last numbers dial automatically. Then nothing but silence as the phone waited for a signal to latch onto. 
With the screen against the side of my head, I could see the bare glow of embers from the fire pit outside. Maybe it hadn't been put out well enough, or maybe it had been restarted and had since died down. <laughs> then I heard it, a barely suppressed laugh followed by Kevin's voice. Oh, man. <laughs> They're gonna totally freak. His voice was wrong. Everything was wrong. I pulled it away from my ear and looked at it. Under my phone, the number flashed the words, waiting for signal, and I reluctantly hit the end call button and slid the phone into the pocket of my jeans. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to know what Kevin was laughing about or about what he was so sure I'd freak, but I had to. I couldn't just stay in the tent. I had to get out, get to the gas station and call home. Melissa, Ellie, God, where are you guys? I unzipped the flap of the tent, cringing at the buzz of the zipper that might as well have been an open invitation for the monsters in the night to come for me. Slowly, I crept out of the tent, crawling, then standing upright before I dared to look at the campfire. Kevin and Steve were sitting beside the scant light of the smoldering fire. Steve had his back to me, and Kevin was watching him with a gleeful expression of disbelief, shaking his head and whispering with childlike excitement. Next to Steve sat his old fishing tackle box. I couldn't be sure with the shadowy candlelight of the campfire, but as he reached into the box to pull out a large fish hook, I could have sworn I saw blood staining his hand. Kevin shook his head and laughed again as Steve brought the hook up to his face. Kevin? Kevin froze and looked at me as if I'd wandered prematurely into my own surprise party. A mad grin slowly widened on his face as he turned his attention back to Steve. Steve, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, you're gonna love this. Steve slowly stood up, the hand with the fish hook still in front of his face. When he turned toward me, I saw them, a dozen fish hooks piercing his bloody face. Four at least bound his lips together. The others had been haphazardly looped through his nose and eyebrows and the flesh of his cheeks and forehead. He was just feeding the last through his pupil, and I watched it pierce through the side of his right eye as he turned. I swear I could hear a sickening pop as it came through. What the fuck? Steve's face was contorted with rage as he fixed his eyes on me, a primal, guttural growl rumbling from his chest. As his mouth opened in an angry roar, the fish hooks binding his lips tore through in a torrent of fresh blood, leaving ragged tatters of flesh quivering over his bared teeth. Then, in an instant, he sprinted at me and tackled me into the tent. <laughs> What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, God. Damn. You all right, Jared? You... Oh, shit. You, you shot him. Yeah. Fuck. I kind of had to. He was trying to choke you out, man. Did you... I mean, is he... Dead? Yeah, he looks pretty dead. Fuck. What the hell is going on? 
<laughs> you should have seen your face, Jared. That was like the best reaction. <laughs> go grab the towel out of my bag and clean that blood off yourself. I'm going to go check on Laughing Boy over there. I looked at Steve, or at whatever he had become. Chris had shot him right through the temple with a 45 caliber pistol I didn't even know he had. I hadn't even thought about us needing a weapon. Shit, I was so stupid. But even not knowing what Steve would become, not knowing anything that would happen afterward, I should have thought about bringing a gun to the lake. Hell, I, I didn't even own a gun. Not that Sofer, Kansas was a particularly dangerous place. Not then, at least, but... Shit, I'm rambling. Kevin was still laughing. He didn't just think that the horrors he just witnessed were funny. He thought it was hilarious. Like he was a kid again, cracking up over some juvenile prank. He was... Well, he was acting crazy. Not violent like Steve, but crazy just the same. I'm really glad that you're enjoying yourself. But what the hell is going on? Did Steve say anything before Jared came out? No, man. Not a thing. This whole thing was just... It was just totally off the wall. Classic Steve, right? Look, you need to chill out. What the hell was he doing with the fish hooks? Oh, that was the best part. I just got up to take a piss. And he was sitting there sticking them in. I don't know if he was planning it or what, but that totally made the whole joke. <laughs> when Jerry came out, you should have seen his face. <laughs> it was just a joke to him. Kevin had sat there watching Steve mutilate himself like he was putting on monster makeup for a scare prank. And now Steve was dead and Kevin was just cutting up about it. Steve was dead. Chris killed him. No hesitation, no remorse, just shot him in the head. It was all so casual for him, like he'd shot a coyote that had wandered too close to the camp. That's when it hit me. Steve, Kevin, Chris, they'd all gone crazy in different ways at the same time. And somehow, I'd known it. I woke up terrified. For Melissa, for Ellie, for myself, without knowing why. But I had known. Somehow, I had known that I was in danger. That everyone was in danger. I wondered if they'd caught something, or maybe they'd all been exposed to something, but that didn't make sense. I'd been with them all day, and I was fine, shitting myself scared, but not crazy. I had to get back to Sofa. I had to find Melissa and Ellie, but somehow I knew that it wasn't just Steve and Kevin and Chris. No, I knew that the whole world had suddenly gone mad. <laughs> listening to Darker Project's production of Madness, written by Andrew T. Jaro. 
Featured in this episode were Persephone Rose as Jared Carvey, Tanya Milovich as Melissa Carvey, Shane Harris as Chris Larson, Dave Morgan as Kevin Folson, Edward Herman as Stephen Croft, Russell Gold as the cashier, and yours truly as the announcer. Madness is written and created by Andrew T.J. Rowe and was produced by M.J. Cogburn. The executive producer for Darker Projects is M.J. Cogburn. The musical score was performed by Celestial Aeon Project. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. This is Mark Brzee. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. And now our feature presentation. This episode of Madness is dedicated to the memory of Bill Holwig, a supportive friend, a confidant to many, a talented artist who loved rock and roll, especially Kiss, and a lover of audio. May he continue to inspire all of us as we endeavor on. The following audio is explicit in nature and may contain adult themes, light sexual situations, violent content, or strong language. The end of the world was just the beginning of a nightmare. When the worst of us set the world to burn, while the best of us cower in terror. Tonight's presentation, Madness, Episode 2, Highway to Hell. Written by Andrew T. Jabo. I'm really glad that you're enjoying yourself. But what the hell is going on? Did Steve say anything before Jared came out? No, man. Not a thing. This whole thing was just... <laughs> it was just totally off the wall. <laughs> Classic Steve, right? <laughs> Look, you need to chill out. What the hell was he doing with the fish hooks? Oh, that was the best part. <laughs> I just got up to take a piss. And he was sitting there, <laughs> sticking them in. <laughs> I don't know if he was planning it or what, but that totally made the whole joke. <laughs> when Jerry came out, 
You should have seen his face. <laughs> it was just a joke to him. Kevin had sat there watching Steve mutilate himself like he was putting on monster makeup for a scare prank. And now Steve was dead and Kevin was just cutting up about it. Steve was dead. Chris killed him. No hesitation, no remorse, just shot him in the head. It was all so casual for him, like he'd shot a coyote that had wandered too close to the camp. That's when it hit me. Steve, Kevin, Chris, they'd all gone crazy in different ways at the same time. And somehow, I'd known it. I woke up terrified. For Melissa, for Ellie, for myself, without knowing why. But I had known. Somehow, I had known that I was in danger. That everyone was in danger. I wondered if they'd caught something, or maybe they'd all been exposed to something, but that didn't make sense. I'd been with them all day, and I was fine, shitting myself scared, but not crazy. I had to get back to Sofer. I had to find Melissa and Ellie, but somehow I knew that it wasn't just Steve and Kevin and Chris. No, I knew that the whole world had suddenly gone mad. <laughs> Nothing felt real. The chill of the night air on my skin, the smell of the smoldering campfire, the sound of Kevin's manic laughter. It was all vague and distant like the memory of a dream. I wiped at the blood splatter on my face, barely feeling as my body moved without thought or intention. I stared blankly at the body of Stephen Croft, dead from a single gunshot to the head. I didn't recognize him. His face was disfigured from a dozen fishhook piercings and the swell of death. But that wasn't the reason. Call it shock, denial, whatever. My mind refused to fathom and cope with what had happened. Then I remembered. Melissa. I rooted around in my pocket and found my phone. The lock screen clock said it was three minutes after midnight and the no-service icon continued to flash in the corner. Damn it! I think that whatever got Steve got Kevin, too. Dude's batshit. Chris, I, I need to borrow your truck. <laughs> like hell. I need to get to the gas station. I had a signal there. I need to call Melissa. <laughs> you were all like... Ah! <laughs> and Chris was just like... Bang! You're dead. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much what happened. Chris, I have to know that Melissa's okay. Then I'll take you to the station, Jared. Calm down. Calm down? Calm down? What do you mean, calm down? Did you see what just happened here? I saw it. It was awesome! Kevin, <laughs> shut the fuck up and get in the truck. Climb up in the bed. I don't want you breathing on me until we figure out what's wrong with you. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I haven't done that since I was a kid. Chris, come on. Help me load the grill in the truck first. What? Are you, are you fucking kidding me? That's a $300 grill, man. I'm not just going to leave it out here to get stolen. Come on. 
The sooner we get it in the truck, the sooner we'll get to the station. Jesus Christ, Chris. Fine. All right, you lift here. Kevin, pull it up into the bed. All right, one, two, three. Okay, <laughs> let's go now. Hold on. Kevin, get the tie-downs out of the toolbox. He'll fucking hold on to it till we get to the station. Come on! Yeah. All right, fine. Onward, mighty steed! <laughs> So what do you think happened to Steve and Kevin? I don't know. I just woke up and they were... They were both just... Batshit. Yeah. But the weird thing is, when I woke up, I just... I knew something was wrong. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. No. I mean, before I saw them. Even before I woke up, I think. I just knew. What? You mean like God whispered in your dreams that your friends had gone psycho? No. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, you're damn lucky I didn't shoot you accidentally. I'm not a very good shot. Onward to adventure! If, uh, if it had been me that was, you know... Would you have... What? Shot you like I shot Steve? Yeah. Probably. Hell. I'm this close to shooting that moron back there for being an annoying asshole. Oh my god. <laughs> burn, baby, burn! What's his problem burn. now? Uh, I think he sees that. What the hell? Is that the gas station? The gas station was a raging inferno. As we got closer, we saw the cashier standing in the parking lot, watching it burn and smoking a cigarette. Park by those trees, away from the fire. It's fine. Look, the gas pumps are clear of the flames. Y you were worried about a $300 grill. You really want to risk your $50,000 truck? Ah, good point. Hey. Cashier. It's Ronnie. Whatever. This your handiwork? I hate this place. Fair enough. Well, Jared, we're here. A signal. Thank God. Are you guys going into town? I need a ride. Oh, yes, you are. We'll just cram all the crazies we can into the bed. No, no, no. What do you mean all the circuits are busy? In a time of crisis, all the pussies call their mommies. Or, you know, their wife. We have to get into town. We have to find her. We have to... Wait, where's Kevin? I don't know. I thought he was right behind us. Is that him over there by the fire? Shit! He has the propane tank off my grill. Kevin! Boom!
Oh, shit. Put him out. Put him out. <laughs> I'm trying. Use your jacket. Smother the flames. <laughs> Awesome. God, he's hurt. Yeah, he's burned up pretty bad. What the hell were you thinking, you moron? Hey. <laughs> Look. What? Ah, hell. He set the gas pumps on fire. Fuck. Grab him. Cashier! Ronnie! Get behind the truck! Jesus! What? Get down! Did did you shut off the gas pumps before you torched them? Obviously not. Boom. <laughs> oh no, no! My truck! What is that? I don't know, some fucking metal pipe. God damn it! It went right through the engine block. No, damn it! Ronnie, do you have a car? I just asked him for a ride. So I guess I'll take that as a no. <laughs> you think everything is so goddamn funny, don't you? It's all just a fucking joke, huh? Is this a joke, Kevin? Is this funny? Chris, no! Fuck him, Jared. He destroyed my truck and left us stranded out here. So what? You're just gonna shoot him? Wouldn't be the first friend I killed tonight. Someone's coming. Chris forgot his strange, cold-hearted anger as we looked up to see a pair of headlights coming up the road towards what used to be the gas station. We have to hide. Get him into the trees. What? Why? We need a ride. What if... What if they're like Steve? And Kevin? And, um... Uh... Ronnie. Right. Everyone else out here is totally psycho tonight. Get him into the trees. Quick, before he sees us. Get into the trees, cashier. see him. What's he doing? He's... he's just looking at the fire. Well, does he look friendly? No, no. I don't think so. He has a shotgun over his shoulder. That doesn't mean shit. (laughs) He spotted the truck. He's coming this way. Quick, shut him up. How the hell do you suggest I do that? I don't know. Hold him. Put your hand over his mouth. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn waste of a nice truck. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Shh. Shut up. Oh, no. No, God. Jared, shut the fuck up. Hey, who's over there? 
How about you come out here now? No, you stupid. You take out that station kid? Yeah, and I need a ride to town. The other dude's truck is trashed. Other dude? There's someone else in those bushes, boy. Yeah, some old guys. I think one of them is dead. How about you come out and join us before I start blasting into those trees? Fucker! Shit! Jared, you make it? You... You killed him. Yeah, he was trying to kill us. And now I got us a car and a shotgun. You're welcome. No, not him. Kevin, you killed Kevin. You broke his neck. All right, well, he wouldn't have made it to the hospital anyways. That idiot might as well have killed himself with that propane tank. Can we go now? God, I hate kids. You know, you're going to have to deal with that crap one day, Jared. I mean, you know, if your kid's still alive. I watched Chris and Ronnie walk toward the car. Two emotionless monsters that seemed unmoved by the horrors that had unfolded around us. I pulled out my cell phone again and thumbed redial. I don't know if it was what Chris had said about Ellie, but I had to hear Melissa's voice. And I prayed to hear my daughter crying in the background. We're sorry, all circuits are busy now. Please try your call again later. I picked up the shotgun from the pooling blood of the dead man. I hoped I wouldn't need to use it. What's more, I hoped I wouldn't need to use it against my friend. Get over here, or we're leaving you behind, Jared. Damn it. Phone line's jammed? No, my battery's dead. I had a car charger, but I left it in the truck. Along with the grill. Fucking Kevin. It wasn't his fault. He was just... sick, I guess. Yeah, well, Mr. Sicko cost me $50,300. I still had 14 payments on that truck. Kevin is dead, Chris. Is your truck really more important than that? Is that all you fucking care about? Nope. I also care about getting back to town. Something like this starts happening and the rioters hit the liquor stores first. Seriously? Jesus Christ, you guys are like an old married couple. If you don't like the company, you can just open that door and... Look out! God, how about a little warning next time? A semi-truck had jackknifed on the highway and flipped the trailer. Its crumpled remains blocked both lanes and various cuts of frozen beef littered the road. Wow. That's got to be a few thousand dollars worth of steak. Can you get around it? Drive down into the ditch, maybe? Not in this. 
Now if I had my truck... Oh, good. We can all die of old age while you two argue. Shut it, drama queen. There was a dirt road a couple of miles back. It probably goes far enough south to the train tracks. We can't drive down the train tracks. No, but there's another dirt road that runs along them between Soffer and the lake. The weekend partiers take it back and forth to my store to avoid the cops. It's not a great road, but it's passable. Probably. The back roads are probably safer anyway. I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm starting to think that nothing's safe. Yeah, you got that right. Oh yeah? And what's that supposed to mean? Forget it. If you've got something to say, then say it. Don't think I didn't see you hauling that shotgun around. You've killed three people in the last half an hour. Two of them were your best friends. Yeah, and? That doesn't bother you? Someone had to save our asses. Save your ass, specifically. You've been too busy pissing all over yourself to- Oh my god, will you guys stop? I'm sick of listening to your crap! You're about one angsty comment away from severe road rash, cashier. Stop calling me cashier, dude! Would you just concentrate on driving, Chris? There's the dirt road. I see it. Ronnie, uh, you have Facebook on your phone? Duh! Check it out. See if anyone's saying anything. (sighs) Facebook? If you have the internet, why not just check a news website or something? No one gets their news from the news anymore, Grandpa. Hmm. Hey, Jared. Fucking hate this kid. Everyone's just posting crazy stuff. Someone help. I think my dad's trying to kill me. Oh, God. What the fuck is happening? Lol. Someone just flew a plane in a Big Ben. LMAO. What? Wait. Big Ben? Yeah, that one was CJ. She thinks she's all hot shit because her dad moved her to London. What else has she been posting? Nothing good. Just a selfie. Let me see. What I saw on the screen of Ronnie's phone made my stomach churn. A young girl, Ronnie's age, blonde and beautiful, displaying a cheesy grin. It might have been any of a million teenager selfies that cross Facebook every day, except that her face and hands were smeared with blood, and she held up the sloppily severed head of a middle-aged man by its matted hair. Oh, God. It's happening everywhere. Let me see. Wait. It looks like morning there. It says it was posted 15 minutes ago. It's 6 a.m. in London, moron. All right, that's it. You need to shut the... Whoa. What? Why are we stopping? Look up ahead. Is that a flashlight? Headlight. A motorcycle or something. It's just sitting there. I think we should turn around. I can't. The road's too narrow. It's coming toward us. Turn around. There's no shoulder. Hang on. I'm putting it in reverse. Faster. He's still coming. It doesn't go any faster in reverse. Shit. Shit.
You have been listening to Darker Project's production of Madness, Episode 2, Highway to Hell, written by Andrew T. J. Rowe. Featured in this episode were Persephone Rose as Jared Carvey, Shane Harris as Chris Larson, Dave Morgan as Kevin Falson, Russell Gold as Ronnie Black, Eric Paul Johnson as The Redneck, and yours truly as the announcer. Madness is written and created by Andrew T.J. Rowe and was produced by M.J. Cockburn. The executive producer for Darker Projects is M.J. Cockburn. The music was performed by Celestial Aeon Project. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. This is Mark Brzee. Thanks for listening. And that's this week's show. Please return with us next week in the hopes that Jack Ward will be back with us. In the meantime, consider writing a review about us on iTunes. The more reviews we get, and preferably the five-star ones, the better opportunities we have to showcase audio drama to a wider audience. You can find more shows on this feed or through the website at sonicsociety.org. Join in the conversation on Facebook or on Twitter. We're at Sonic Society or at Astro Tour 2010. And by all means, please drop us a line at sonicsociety at gmail.com. For Jack Ward and everyone here at the Society, I'm David Alt. Good night. The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. You can listen to classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre. And the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.